You are listening to The Sauna Show, the podcast that explores new ways to combat modern life and reclaim your health and vitality. My name is Sebastian Miao, and I'm the CEO of Clearlight Saunas International and a passionate entrepreneur and health enthusiast. I'm sitting down with scientists, holistic health practitioners, and change makers in the wellness space to talk about all things detox, health, and happiness. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the sauna show again today with Mason Taylor. And uh, Mason is a good friend of mine and also of your Johannes. Uh, and, and Johannes, what we, we discussed in this episode, really enjoyed, is um, sort of the, the downfalls of, of fads that you see in, in the health industry and certain trends and, and what that means to subscribe to one of those trends and at the same time maybe excluding other people from your life or, or just seeing them as someone who is not aligned with you because they don't eat the same way you, they, you do or they, they don't think about uh, supplements the same way you do think. Uh, Have, have you, I know you, Mason, you know Mason well as well. Um, have, have you seen something similar in your life happening every now and then, Johannes? The shiny things? I think I, I, think I do, but I do have to say that, uh, you know, ever since I've known Mason, he was sort of deeply rooted in the health and wellness industry. So if there's someone that actually has experienced it all and, you know, seen all the trends and then actually counter trends and, mm. you know, trying to do it all and fit into one piece, then, uh, you know, I always look up to Mason because I know he's, you know, he's been in there and, you know, he's sort of found his way. And obviously with the company Superfest that Tan, Tani and, uh, you know, him run, um, they're obviously also deeply engaged in, in, you know, medicinal mushrooms. And so, you know, I, I think we all know this trend, you know, I think, um, you know, really finding your way and not actually getting lost in one of these, you know, you have to fit them all or, you know, you just have to do this diet. Is super crucial and uh, I look forward to actually your chat with Mason because I think he's the perfect candidate and the perfect mate to speak with that about. Brilliant, me too. Okay, without further ado, here's Mason. Mason, thanks for coming. Thanks so much for having me, Seb, in the sauna. Very exciting, yeah, no? Right. Am no. I a hot sauna boy? Right now you are. You're part of the tribe. <laughs> hey, Mason, I would love to talk with you about the overall health I guess industry movement, you know, the bubble that that we're sometimes falling into, and and you know, and enjoying being in, because mm. I think there's a lot that you have seen over the years, and and a lot that you have experienced and learned, and I found it extremely valuable talking to you about these things because it gives me often an insight to my own journey that I have been blind for maybe before, and and so yeah, would would love to cover that that type of ground because i think there's a lot of value for everyone in there it's rich ground it's, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there i'm in the middle of it always mm. um it's an interesting thing you know because I, i i found such liberation when i decided i'm going to kind of go against the grain of how i've lived up to, you know thus far this is when my my early 20s when i decided to kind of like dive in the deep end of the of the mm. health world and it's for me at that point I, i you know especially in my early days i'm someone that has to wrap their i was someone that had to wrap my identity in something in order to feel like you know and that just kind of like i need to throw everything that i have at something in order to feel that I'm justified in it. And so what I didn't realize I was doing at the time in order to develop my, you know, my approach to health and my justification for going towards health is I was kicking back against Western culture and the Western medical system. And so part of my forming of my identity as a healthy person was in opposition 
to something that I was moving from. I was moving away from the way I was brought up. I was moving away from my traditional Western diet. Um, I was moving away from, you know, Western medicine uh, in yeah. a sense. And, you know, and I, and I was, but it's a sneaky under the skin little thing that I've noticed in myself that if I need to derive momentum through being opposed to anything, in the long run, that will detract to my mental health and my emotional health dramatically because it's somewhat of a glass ceiling on my potential. Yes. If I can just take action for the sake of taking action without it being about opposition to begin with, yeah. which is hard in the beginning because it's you don't really, you know you need something to kick back against. So it's kind of fun it's, in the beginning. It's almost human, right? Like, like whatever you you burn for and what you love, it's it's easy enough. As you said, like kick back is actually it's, or against. It's it's a, it's a really good analogy because it really means you you sort of get out of the parents' house, for example, and you know or push yourself out of the corporate world or whatever the theme is, and 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 you, and you bag it and you talk about it, uh, talk it down. It's sort of elevate where you're going towards and, and just, I guess, freeing you from you. So I, th there must be also a natural mechanism that probably is quite a good thing. Well, in what you're saying there is like one, one of the good things is because you, sometimes you can't be super tuned into what your long-term intention is for yourself. And so the only thing you know is what you don't want. But the association of what you don't want is with external first forces, which mm. is kind of legitimate, you know, that we've had like seemingly had a culture thrust upon us and a medical system thrust upon us. I mm. definitely remember when I was in year eight as a 13-year-old boy driving to school and hearing the statistics about how many men and women are going to get diabetes and um, heart disease and cancer and feeling this crossing my finger yeah. mentality. And so naturally... When I get to the point where I realize we can take a little bit of sovereignty within ourselves, you know, to take on our own health and really take responsibility as much as we can for our health, naturally I feel betrayed by the culture and where, from where I've come from. But after a while, it just, and this is what I think for me has been the most important thing is, you know, having these transition periods, which are natural, it's nothing special. We mature, we get a little bit older and we get a little bit less of a chip on our shoulder. How do we do that without losing momentum though, mm. is the real key thing. And how do we do, how do we get to a point where we go, we can let go of some of the grudges we have of the way we were brought up, you know, our, you know, really resolve with, you know, the diet that we had and the way that our parents, you know, doing the best they can, you know, seemingly, um, you know, to, to get us to you know to get us to adulthood healthily healthily enough how do we resolve with that integrate all of that and then what like what's motivating us then and this is what i just think happens i think people mm. create their entire identity through opposition and sometimes hatred um, you know, you, can, you definitely see it in the vegan community or you definitely see it in like the, the conspiracy community where people are like driven by hatred mm. and it remains a really good motivator and it remains something that attracts an audience because there are always people who either haven't developed past that, you know, that, that hatred themselves or that fear themselves. Mm. And, you know, at the same time, there's always people entering to the scene who will like to come in and feed off that, you know, that paranoia that you're breeding about the mm. system and all that kind of stuff, rather than your whole, the way that you teach and the way that you grow and, you know, your identity, the way your identity is wrapped up in health as well, being one that is really successful at bridging to new phases and realizing that what you're talking about now is going to, you're going to, you know, hopefully you're going to solidify your message mm -hmm. and then you trust that you're going to move on and you know, have a different perspective and way of talking about it. Therefore, you don't wrap your entire health identity, whether it's you own a business like I do or whether you decide 
And at the same time, I really relate to being the health guy and feeling all that external pressure that I put upon myself mm. and these unrealistic expectations I have on myself because I've overly identified with a particular dietary system or a particular stance on the way the world works. Mm. And then all of a sudden you get the urge to change and you have to have this existential crisis and seemingly eject yourself from this scene. Yeah. And, you know, at, at oftentimes, at, you know, you feel you're going to open yourself up to prejudice. And it happens again and again and again and again. With dietary things, you know, people wrapped up in the bulletproof diet, wrapped up in the vegan diet, wrapped up in the paleo diet, whatever it is, whatever whatever your Kool-Aid is, you drink it and you over-identify, you almost tattoo the label upon yourself. Mm-hmm. And everyone does this because it's a useful mechanism to, for a time, associate mm-hmm. with a system or a label. But then if you know yourself well enough, which is the core practice, if you're running everything through your internal filter system and if you trust things will change and make sure your community knows it or, you know, the people around you know mm. that, you know, to an extent, part of your philosophy is know that you're going to change. I'm doing this right now. It doesn't actually you yeah. know, make who I am. But and this is very obvious, but at the same time, it's insidious. It's If you're getting into the health scene, especially, your low-hanging fruit and be aware that you're low-hanging fruit. You don't know you're going to see a lot of charismatic people and a lot of charismatic diets. Mm. And we look at the shiny things and it gets to where it gets confusing. Should I take that? Oh, you know, I've got a, several herbs in my range and it's like, my God, oh, is it that herb or is it that herb? Is it that herb? This mm. is confusing. Or, you know, you, you listen to people preaching different dietary systems or approaches to life. You know, it could be as much as like Ayurvedic diet. Right, TCM, traditional Chinese medical diet, mm. the spleen friendly. All right, then there's vegan, then there's raw vegan, and then there's the carnivore diet. And you you, you talk to these people. There's people, you know, and then there's like the the people who are like you know now and like no lectins, no you know no no plants really are really going to be healthy because they have too many lectins in it. You know, if you are really this is one of the core practices when you get into it. You you can and, and I can relate to people who are entering into the health scene who are low-hanging fruit because I'm like just coming out the back end of in business being low-hanging fruit you know I don't really know the terrain and I fell for a couple of things and you know and, that's, and so it's okay and I'm going to do it again when I try other things but so it's not a derogatory term but I talked to you about this a friend of mine an indigenous mate he was he told me that one time you know there's a difference between you white fellas and us black fellas and I was like yes well, tell, tell me this would be great I like this I love little bits of wisdom that you share with me as patronizing as they are sometimes in their delivery <laughs> he's like come outside look outside it's a beautiful night look up what do you see and I'm like yeah the constellations and the Milky Way action and he's like yeah that's the difference you guys just look at the shiny things we look at the space between the stars as well and that's kind of when you go into the health scene you know it's sometimes that urge we have to know it and figure it out and i'm a very mindy person you know me we've Mm. we've known each other for like close to a decade now Mm. no a decade now Mm. and you know how much i think and think and think and need to kind of figure things out and i and, and and so if i know i'm never going to figure it out i can get grasps on things and i think and i I look at the shiny thing. I look at what diet's really appropriate to a certain extent. And then when I feel that strain of, I don't really, you know, I don't really know. I'm a little bit confused here. Boom. You look at the space between the stars and what's the space? The space is you between these times when, you know, that's, that's your life. These times Mm. when you're not focused on the diet or the herb or the outcome, all the shiny things that seem palpable. The space in between the stars is your culture, your day-to-day life, your, you know, the way you're day-to-day dealing with emotions, the way day-to-day you're dealing with your mindset and all those kinds of things. It's not the shiny thing of the practice and the meditation. Mm. The space between the stars makes up the majority of your life. And so you can just 
settle. You can just take your t- attention off the shiny things and just settle and remember, oh, okay, it's not just about the shiny things. Yeah. You know, the, this this fabric of spacious reality that makes up the, literally the, the entirety and story of my life is mm. somewhere where I can just sit and contemplate and there's no pressure about getting it right. I feel like that's... Yeah. I, I like, I'm, I'm liking talking about that at the moment. I hope it's not too conceptual. Oh, no, not conceptual at all. And I think it's it's so rewarding when... You know, the saying of like, you know, the, the, the journey is the destination or the journey is the, the meaning of life, really, you know, whether they, rather than getting to somewhere. Well, that's sort of it because the shiny parts are normally the destination. It's not, the, unless you really acknowledge I'm taking the scenic route because I want to take the scenic route and then mm-hmm. the scenic route becomes the destination. It's a shiny thing again. But I, I definitely relate to that because sometimes you don't have the biggest goal of the week or you, you, know, you don't have any pressure and don't have any drama. I think drama is a really shiny thing too, like, you know, in a negative yes. way, but it's like, not, I haven't heard anything bad from anyone, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on and it's like, well, because you're in between things and that's actually a good thing and now you can just exist for a moment and just live, you know? Absolutely, when it, mm. whether it comes to drama and satiating your, your, your need for there to be something going on and something wrong happening, mm. that middle path is just so potent, you know, like, mm. and whether it's like when you have a little... You know, I've like I've been having some of the most profound transformations in, internally, like of my life. And one thing I'm really liking about it, you know, kind of a little bit in contrast to in the beginning, the utter transformations I had when I first mm. got onto medicinal mushrooms and tonic herbs, mm. or the utter transformation in in plant healing ceremonies or something like that. It's so subtle and so almost non-celebrated. You know, there's no excessive joy that I needed to use to justify it in, internally for myself. I was just reflecting on that. And I'm just, oh my gosh, it's such a nice place to be. Well, what is it then? Is it, are you, are you satisfied? You know, is it, is it happiness? Is it, I'm like, what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to like really, I love holding that middle ground and joy emerges and pain emerges. And, you know, I, I'm definitely no saint. My emotions fly off, you know, the handle and I get frustrated and angry and on all those kinds of things. I'm trying to get better, of course. Mm. Um, but you know that that middle ground. You know that's that's the that's that's so beautiful. You know how long you're gonna to have to be doing this. So many more decades, hopefully, mm-hmm. for for everyone listening. And you know that was when it comes to like your diet, or you know like oh my gosh, I need a sauna, and you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. oh, I need like which herbs do I need to be taking? Like that's that that pressure build up. You know, if that can just you can ease that charge and ease that pressure and bring it back into like a place where it's just. I don't know what to describe without being cliche. I don't know where to, where to describe where the you know where the action comes from, but it's something that's not palpable and in, it's it's palpable for you, but not visible externally. Yeah. And when you can't capture it externally and put it on Instagram, it's hard to grasp its validity sometimes yeah. for the mind. And yet, that's the place I'd like to be. Mm, yeah, and, and and I think to create that space, you really have to detach from that identity of being something really specific. And I remember that I saw you going online through that where you said, well, you know, actually dairy can be good or, you know, or, or you know, animal mm. products in some ways or form can be good. You sell the Adler, you know, which which is not vegan. And um, I guess I, I remember... I certainly had that flag of raw vegan on, on, on my flag. Well, That's know. where we were both, right? Like raw, well, I think raw food yeah, definitely exactly. is where we were at. Not That's necessarily it. the vegan, yes. although it looked like that from the outside. But That's I think it. both of us were real raw fooders. That's, exactly. And, and I think when people realize that you're not 100% aligned with them, then you become a little bit of the... Well, the thing to talk about or to, to push against again to say like, okay just so that you know I'm, I'm not agreeing with you and you know I'm like this because I disagree with what you do and and 
when you ex when you're exposed to to that type of criticism that means also that it is difficult to be in, in between the shiny things if you don't if you can't say well i'm standing for this and you can't instagram i'm standing actually for just being with my family and have a di weekend off not doing any shots because there's nothing special but it is special in its own way oh, it's so special mm. it's, it's a weird thing because you go oh my gosh all right so you know when you're a fanatic and give people an insight all right all right all right so like i'm back i used to eat you know like the burgers and all those kinds of oh god it's so awful you know i can't believe fast all of a sudden i can't believe anyone eats fast food all right i'm gonna like for us yeah raw vegan that's the like all mm -hmm. raw food and you know mm -hmm. i was like you know bee products i eat colostrum if mm -hmm. we, you know if i if i needed to you mm -hmm. know bovine colostrum guys not not human colostrum although mm. i have i am um, taking eyes um a little bit of ayers colostrum <laughs> from from tani and that was very that was delicious mm. but it's all of a sudden you go right 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 okay um, um raw food and and, and and you know in that world there's people oh, oh they're into conspiracies oh yeah like me now i'm in conspiracies you know this is my community right you know it's so good to meet my like-minded people and it's like whether you kind of got into you just got into like kundalini yoga or then you do or you've just got into you know, entrepreneurialism, all of a sudden, you know, mm. you know, oh, screw the corporate world, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur now. And then that one aspect about your life, that one thread of the multitude of things that will in over your lifetime define you, that one dietary thing or that one new belief system you have, you take and you go, ah, oh, and, and now I'm going to meet my community, ah, oh, my people. That's why it's so annoying to be in a group of people who are only binding over one small slither mm. of an externally driven identity that falls under a label banner. And you and it's bullshit if you try and call it anything else than that. It's like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, in one of his opening things, he's like, oh, it was so easy in the bit, you know, back in, he has a stand-up thing. He's like, so, so easy when you're a kid, you know, making best friends. It's like, you know, the kid walks down the street and you go, hey, hey, do you like lollies? I like lollies. Oh my God, let's be friends. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, you know, do you like little red lollies? Oh my God, let's be best friends. I like red lollies as well. It's like, are we... Is it that it's that childish to think that just because you have a newfound belief system mm. that all of a sudden you found your tribe because they have similar interests? That is so limiting and eventually so boring. Mm. And what you're talking about, and you feel and people feel bored after a while. You feel you become static, mm. and you're like, oh gosh, I'd like to have some other kind of different like conversation. There's no dynamic yeah. conversation in that group. What happens then to to fuel that? There will be the next shiny thing. Like now, it's you know. Spirulina, now it's chlorella, and 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 you know I don't I don't know what the last, and I'm mm. sure in in traditional Chinese medicine just the same thing, yeah. Like you know what what's next? Yeah, or people who drink the Kool Aid. I mean, it's a little bit. I feel like with you know with true Ayurveda or true Chinese medicine, mm. you know, it's because it's such an ancient system. At some point, there's a lot of ensconced wisdom where the raw food scene does not have that much ensconced wisdom. Too young, it's hey? Way too young. Mm. You know, it's like, it's, which is, it's fun. You know, it's, oh, it's, it's so super fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, I absolutely love it. But even in that scene, it's like, all right, raw food's kind of not controversial enough. You know, doing massive fast isn't controversial enough now. Okay, what's next? Okay, we go. And we start like ah right government all right yeah okay 9-11 okay now like you know and you know and then we go into like off-world space yeah, stations it's, it's just like that's the direction it has to go in and then we oh okay now we got to go like extreme and like you know plant medicines and you know, you know do, and it's like guys you were just extremists just wanting to be you know really and this is a judgment on myself you know mm. it's like you're an extremist just wanting to feel and wanting to differentiate and wanting to feel validated because you still need that same charge and kick you got in the beginning 
it's like when you get into yoga for the first time or, um, you know, Taoist practices or even taking herbs. You take mushrooms, you know, medicinal tree mushrooms, not, not psychedelic ones we're talking about here. For the first time, sometimes people go, like, and I felt in the first two months, oh my God, I can... For the first time, sometimes people go, like, and I felt in the first two months, oh my God, I can... My immune system's back, man. I can feel it. And some people feel super charged. They're like, what are these herbs? And are they stimulating? No, they're not stimulants. We're just turning on lights in your immune system and you're feeling that recharge of energy and that chi moving. And then after a while, or if a yoga practice, you get onto like, you know, you, you start opening up your channels through your movement. It's charging through you. It's like the honeymoon period of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you start hitting that plateau where you start needing consistency and action and you need to in that point start moving beyond labels and realize that we're just humans doing that you know that same thing you just integrate it in order to support your you know whatever it is you individually need in life to go forth and a lot of people aren't willing to grow up and and navigate that plateau because you need to start dropping identities when you go down that plateau and re realize that there's this uncharging that you need to bring bring to the you know to what you're doing all right i'm just moving my body it's not you know like mm -hmm. This this is really simple. You know, for for a long time, ten thousand years, you know, in one system, you know, humans have just been doing this. They've just been like in Taoism, sitting on mountains and just drinking water and taking herbs and really thinking about themselves and mm -hmm. trying to develop themselves to become better people. It doesn't have to be this huge, mysterious, shiny thing, grandeur. It's just quite it's quite simple. And that's you know the little deaths we have the little little ego deaths at, at, at all times in our lives you know which is like it's it's harrowing in the beginning and you're like oh i mean i'm not going to be special okay mm. and then if you've really pegged yourself as like in the right group or the special group and i anyway experienced this it was like you come down big time when you you, you go oh my mm -hmm. gosh you know maybe maybe we aren't like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but you know, maybe we're not like the Messiah group that knows everything, you know, it's, yeah. it's, and there's smaller, more intricate examples of that, which people, you know, it's when you, when you get into the health scene, you're susceptible to that, but it's nice to remember the out on the other side of that is when you start plateauing, okay, consistency, consistency in, consistency in the things that are relevant to me in my life you know, really deepening who I am and figuring out what's going to be like, you know, how I can continue to walk that middle ground that isn't too excessive with like emotions, whether they're joy or pain or any of those kinds of things. Right. That makes me a better person just to be around. Mm -hmm. And that's relevant. Mm -hmm. and you can start making like a nice difference. And, you know, take that takes you into like a very long view, like, you know, decades, decades long view. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that develops as one realizes that it is not sustainable but i don't know maybe it's a hero's journey that we all have to walk in a certain age of of our life i mean some people probably get it really quickly for whatever reason you know and they're just like was there for half, an, half a year didn't serve me or now i realize yes you know mm -hmm. I, I will use these as tools but not as a way to identify myself with that or you know run that fly that flag and, and instead seeing beyond that and see what's What's, what's more important, like, you know, the, the friendship. Like, I remember mm, a really good friend of mine, you know, I was 25, said to me, well, I, I, I told him something that, that wasn't particularly sexy, sort of in terms of what, what we were standing for, like, I think alternative medicine and stuff like that, you know, and I was saying something that was more conventional. And he said, you know, at the end of the day, if that makes you happy, that's the most important thing for me too. Hmm. And, and that was him really rising about like, mm, maybe I disagree with you here and, you know, we can't push against that together. But that actually doesn't really matter. Yeah, and um, right, right, and you know, and and I think that's 
that's just the reality of life that you can't always sync with everyone else. And if you would, you would probably be, become really stagnant or completely on a conveyor belt of what's next, what's next, and you're just riding a wave after one after the other. But it's just super unsustainable, really, and it's it doesn't help you in developing yourself. No, and look, look, my, I think you're right. Not everyone is as like stupid as us in going down that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's very character building, of course. You know, you, you don't you know? And yeah. I, I like that like extremist part. Mm. You know, I can speak for myself, you know, and I like that in yeah. you as well. I like to dive deep, yeah. yeah absolutely. And then you learn how to dive deep responsibly and, you know, keep another, like, you know, mm. oxygen tank if you're going to go that deep next time. And you, you, you grow up. Oh, it's a full, fuller spectrum. Like, we, we both have, I guess, friends that we wouldn't identify with their lifestyle, substances they take, and so on, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and something, like, for me is important to share, like, you know, just for me personally, my, my way out of it mm. a lot of the time was, you know, because for me, all of a sudden, other parts of myself are like, dude, enough. Like, you know, we've been, we've been over-identified over there for so long. There's parts of me that want to be expressed, and yet they seem in opposition to the healthy person, you know, and this, I know this podcast, I don't know, I, hopefully it's for everyone, if not, if it's, if not for you to understand, you know, stages that people go through, or mm. maybe it is that person who becomes like the healthy person in the mm. group and then has to like, you know, maintain that mantle. And it's just like, you know, and it's, you're able, of course we can continue to, to do that with joy, but you mm. know, it's, it's important to soften so that we can continue to navigate that space through the rest of our lives. But one of the ways of like, you know, putting my cards on my table through like, taking the piss out of myself, I take the piss out of my, you know, my own industry, my own business, mm. having a bit of a smile about it, that's my way of putting everything on the table and all my insecurities on the table. Um, it's not so much a strategy to like, you know, it's like that, you know, the the the, the Eminem strategy, you know, in, in 8 Mile when he's going to the rap battle and like he just, like he defeats the guy by telling, like by admitting all his faults and everything so the guy's got no material against him. Mm -hmm. It's like not a strategy like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not focused externally. It's just a humorously bringing those things up and acknowledging them in myself as like a health leader, you know, as like a, you know, whatever it is, you know, you know we, we are in the industry. That's a way for me to just feel comfortable going forth and doing this work, you know, really mm. taking myself down a couple of pegs here and there mm. so I can walk that middle ground. And that way I know I'm not, I know when I get to a certain inflation that I, I start putting these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations on myself and I don't like that and it's not relevant to how I am as a father yeah. or a son you know, a partner yeah. or any of those kinds of things so that's kind of where I've like come back to navigating which isn't as sexy but um, on a on a, on a like an I don't know like an Instagram-y kind of yeah. like marketing yep. way but I think it's way better I mm -hmm. think it's like it's a it's a if it, I hate the fact that maybe someone would take this as a strategy, right? I'm going to like strategize mm. and take the piss out of myself. You no, know, like it's not about maybe maybe humorously teasing yourself isn't your way. Um, you, what, whatever it is for you to get real to you know, put your cards on the table about what your insecurities are, so that you don't get caught up with your stage persona, mm. right, or with your podcast host persona, mm. or as you as a leader, or. Mm you as an Instagram influencer, whatever it is, because that's, I feel like that's when I got kind of, I got caught up in over identifying with who I was presenting on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started going, God, this isn't real. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and people take you for whatever they see and then probably hold you also to that that's, account. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, f I found um, when thinking about sort of village 
you know elders or you know the wise man that has watched this boy or this girl growing up you know from childhood and already felt what what was going on and can see either a pattern in the future of that person personality or just understanding oh yeah now they're at that phase they will rebel and then they will come back yeah, yeah. you know and then they will probably make up with their parents and then they will do this and you know and then they want to take responsibility and so on and that in, in the time we are in now these patterns that are really probably easier to observe in a, in a quite a stable culture that doesn't change over a century or two isn't there as much i wonder whether we actually i mean this is an ex exciting time because we're probably as free as we've never been in terms of exploring all sorts of ideas ideologies and you know wisdom is accessible like and knowledge is just there but on the flip side i think if you have a really stable environment almost like in a lab in a lab everything is kept constant and it's quite easy to see one thing changing And I always think about a village like that because, you know, that elder just knows everything works the way it works and can see ever so intricate changes and say, okay, there's there's a ripple and this ripple will do certain things. But I can predict it because I've the knowledge over centuries of, of what normally happens with such a ripple, which might be a rebelling. That's the space between the stars, huh. between all the shiny intervals <laughs> of life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And and I think it's 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 beautiful and that's that's the beauty of being you know slowing down actually observing also the space in between and all of that hey oh man like that slowing down and i know this is a niche conversation i think i don't i don't i don't really have it i'm like it's just because i'm sitting here with you you probably mm. understand it more than anyone else because you've seen me go mm. basically we kind of like dove in at the same yeah. time especially so um it's just been like I, i really hope it's useful for everyone mm. listening um especially as like for me talking about it not this isn't my area of expertise but it kind of is because this is like all i've dealt with internally from like you know ever since entering into the health scene mm. and seemingly you know change and you know taking myself away from the stage whenever when i realized i didn't like where i was going and when you're looking at like a health group or a health scene and all these kinds of things one of the ways to like get very real you know is to look at all the you know the, the people who have been in that that world for a long time that really drunk the kool-aid you know you look at their mannerisms and look at that community as a whole and see if you can throw a blanket over them in any way and go do i want that blanket on top of me or do i just want to associate in the areas that are relevant to me and just you know with the different you know just you know the different humans and you know and, and belief systems in there and mm -hmm. take them on a little bit you know take you know not take little bits of, and then just that that's that's the way when like that's when i really was like you know what i gotta get out i i, I gotta get out of this like i'm boring like I'm, i'm in the shower having like conversations with myself trying to justify my dietary choices <laughs> you know you know that one yeah. and you're having the argument and you're like eh. um yeah. <laughs> and that's a point that's like a that's a that's a red flag um you gotta get real yourself about that red red flag but you know like i I normally make faces when I have these internal conversations. So my partner, Fee, she looks at me and says, like, to whom are you talking? I'm like, I have this difficult conversation with myself at the moment. And sort of like, and she said, yeah, you sort of like smile to make it, make it, you know, sweet to yourself. And then you sort of like frown a little bit because, you, you know, they have, you have this internal conflict. And, you, mm. and I guess that's what you have in the shower, right? You actually talk to yourself there. Yeah. When... As soon as that happens, I mean, like it gets it gets to a nice point. And one of the big beautiful things about getting a little bit older is realizing that it's unnecessary. You're holding on to something that you don't really. It doesn't really. Like, you know, I, I, I'm such an outwardly focused person a lot of the time. You know, yeah. 
in a, in a dysfunctional way. I'm like, I'm so not, not necessarily vainly concerned about how people are viewing me and what they think of me, but it's just a, it's how I navigate mm. a lot of the time is looking externally. And so once I hear that internal, you know, that internal conversation, you know, I've just, I just don't, I, I just don't identify with anything anymore besides myself. I try to, I try not mm. to as much as possible. And so whenever I have that internal conversation, I realize that I'm fragmented. I'm going to integrate a little bit more. And so I've got to let go of something and go in a different direction, but nice and slowly. Cause I'm not expect, you know, I've, I, you know, try not to, ex- yeah. you know, have like ambiguous and, and unrealistic expectations of myself to be perfect anymore. I'm mm. such a per- mentally yearning for perfection kind of person, you know? So, um, and then, you know, and you learn after a while, it doesn't exist. And I, again, I, I know these are really obvious, things a lot of people listening will know yeah. these things but you know i you know it's it's important to oh, keep on reiterating mm. yeah because they are really fundamentals and if, when you miss them then you be, can become these low-hanging fruit that we were talking about and that's if you can't if you, if you could expand a little bit more on that because i think it's super powerful to really understand when you are that and what that actually really means i mean really i mean i'm really trying to get to the point and i feel like i'm getting there where no marketing or next best thing or anything like that can snatch you up and get you feeling, oh gosh, you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that's the way, you know, like mm. having to kind of seemingly feel like you're starting again or starting with something new. Mm-hmm. That feeling is something when you're low hanging fruit, when you're, when you're susceptible to charisma and when you're susceptible to um, marketing promises and when you're like, oh gosh, you know, maybe that person's got something that I've liked that I've never really, you know, that's like beyond what was possible for me to consider. And, you know, you're starting from a new launching pad. I mean, it's it's such a turbulent way to live, you know, to, to be, you know, really we should be constantly like, you know, it'd be great, it's great listening to new things, new findings, new studies, new ways of thinking, like allowing them to be spoken, but just take it like not, you don't necessarily need to be like suspicious or cynical. That doesn't help. Just being no charge, just a little bit of a grain of salt, but don't push it away. You can pull it in and just go, cool. I'm just going to whatever you're talking about. Mm. I'm just going to run it through my internal filter and play with it. I'm not buying anything off you. No way. Like I'm not mm. like, and not that the people are necessarily trying to do that all the time. Some of them are, especially with like, you know, multi-level marketing things and all that kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff or, or a, a business that's aggressively marketing in, in a way that is just like, just trust us, you know, we're the only ones that kind of, you know, we're the, we're, we're the only ones, this is the only way, just trust us. You know, it's just like, don't trust that, don't trust it, not because it's thing people aren't trustworthy and things aren't trustworthy, it's just run things through your internal filter, right? just make it relevant to you just don't go for the low-hanging fruit you know Mm. if it's too it's if it's too good to be true which if you (laughs) are needing to introduce any diet if you're trying to get people over to be keto or if you're trying to get people over to being vegan you're going to make it too good to be true if you're trying to sell herbs or a sauna and it's just like unrealistic expectations have been thrown out there. It is way too good to be true and you shouldn't fall for it and you should watch yourself. And sometimes you've got to give yourself a cuddle because you are someone that falls for things. <laughs> um, you know, and I've like, I've, when I was doing personal development way back in the days, my friends are like, 
you know, Mason, I love it and I'd love to come and join you at these things, but you know, you just fall for things all the time. You're like, yeah. you know, you just, that's what you do. And, and to an extent, I, I did fall for things all the time, but it was one of the, my more endearing qualities is that I, I tried new things and I trusted new th- mm-hmm. things. And so I just learned how to continue going down that route, you know, but at the same time, just stopping and thinking, how is this super relevant to me and my family and making me better. And if I was constantly, if I found myself chasing something, because if you're low-hanging fruit, you're chasing, you're mm-hmm. seeking. We talk a lot about that. You know, mm-hmm. you feel, you bump into people around, like, and especially around here in Byron Bay, um, not so much the gentrified at Byron Bay, but, you know, like, you know, you know the, the spiritual seekers looking for the answer and like, and you can feel it's a sapping energy, right? Mm. You know, when you're, when you're seeking and looking for answers nonstop constantly, and it's not like that I'm going to give a cliche, you need to just look in yourself. It's like, it's hard. It's a, it's a path you got to go through. It's a hero's journey, as you said. But if you find yourself and you're that person that's like, all right, you, you need to get that to that threshold very quickly where you go, right, I've been seeking for a long time. I know this feeling of like, you know, looking and looking, looking, mm. thinking I find it. All right, okay, not there, not there. Just at that point, that's where you kind of like, you can start to subtly internally feel what that inner filter is and feel how you can like, you know, just dig really deep into like, you know, just you know, being like directly where you are with all the experiences you have thus far, integrating all those experiences, understand what's actually important to you in, in regards mm. to health and then move forward from there. Yeah, that's right. And and, and marketing is, is very smart. And it, when you go back to first principles of marketing, there are two things that a person that listens to your message wants to do. It wants to improve its life and it wants to save calories. I mean, you know, that's sort of the, the well, you know, the brain wants to save calories. So, yeah. if, so first of all, so, so if there's an offering like, you know, the latest superfood or the latest activity that, that you want to do, and it's not only health industry, it's also people who want to have, you know, like excitement in their lives. So I see like, oh, this is new. This sounds like this will make my life better. Like this, this supplement will be amazing. And and then the second, so it, and and if that is ticked off, then the second one is like, is it easy? Oh, super easy. Like I only have to take it once a day. You know, so I only have to press this button and buy it and great. And you know, and I will be there. And when being when having that consciousness that this is how we just you know we, this is part of of a personality of a human then that always can get triggered and i remember like the most crazy thing that i've done is like taking this substance that we saw japanese people putting in their in their uh, ponds and the pond was murky before and it became completely clear eddy clarity and I'd oh yeah eddy clarity eddy oh, clarity yeah. and and i took it and i took high doses because i wanted to be, do clean up my pineal gland so that you know receive everything that you can receive with with a clear and not non-calcified pineal gland yeah but on the on the side it had like i didn't research it well didn't see the signs that or also some people saying like this is actually not great and so on and then it got recalled because it had a lot of aluminium in it and i had a black tongue like you know yeah. i took a lot a lot of it and every morning like i came up with a black tongue which was the aluminium on my tongue and it's probably not a good thing that i did that but you know, I fell for it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's an interesting conversation. We all need it in this marketing world, and I don't think we can have this conversation enough. Not to become a skeptic or, you know, because I kind of went, I had to balance myself out, and I became a little bit more of a cynic and a little bit more, because I like my cynicism. I think yep. it, it, it feeds a lot of my, you know, like my humor that I like that I love. But, you know, whether, you know, not becoming too much of a cynic um, and not becoming suspicious, yet you can just have a certain amount of those, which is kind of healthy. But then in the marketing world, especially, it's just like, just don't fall for anything as soon like just don't 
and not and and again if you can do that without suspicion you just observe things and you can go i wonder if this would be useful for me it's interesting having a business and i'm coming you know i've got like a new blend coming out like later this year and i always try and do this a different way how can i launch this blend and be responsible to my business in that you know it'd be great to make an impact with this blend and find as many people who this is relevant for you know discount it a little bit in the beginning to kind of get it moving and get it out there into the world yeah how do i present it in a way where and I've kind of figured I'm going to be doing a lot of pre-sharing about my intention behind the blend and where it works and then where it doesn't work as a herbal blend, you know, yeah. so that there isn't any of that like, oh, oh, my God, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's going to get my men, you know, my, my you know, yeah. like, you know, get my, not, not talking about me personally, but like more of the, mm. the target of the blend, you know, that's, maybe my men- menstrual issues will go away with that or, mm. you know, maybe my cramping will go away with, or maybe that'll help my PCO. It's like, mm, that's too ambiguous that oh, maybe that's okay. it. You know, you want to be able to ask questions and go, mm, what herbs are in that? You know, what was the intention of why you developed the blend? Oh, you know, and if I've put enough information out there in the, to begin with, I feel a little bit more comfortable as a marketer putting a product out there that in the long run that will be more of a successful blend because I haven't bought in to you know and I use this as a like somewhat of a term of endearment remember I've got this in myself as well in so many areas that I don't just appeal to that part of everyone because they trust me Mm. they trust that 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 you know that low-hanging fruit part of them that just gets them you know they I want them to take action if it's relevant they might still take action Mm. but it was a little bit more grounded in their inner intention and they can feel a little bit more certain that they know I'm taking this because you know, I don't want this to happen or I'm taking this because it matches me and my energy. And, and all at the same time, I go, you know, and develop like, you know, develop a way to, you know, to do this. I'm not just saying, just take half a teaspoon a day for 30 days and you'll feel amazing. It's like, okay, then you play with it and start with a quarter teaspoon, teach people how to play with it and then see what you feel. And for some of you, you, you might get really quick results if you're in this particular state. And some of you, not so much, you know, it might be like a slow build and, and then, you know, feel whether that slow build is really useful. Try a high dose here and there and see how you energetically feel and you know, see how you physically feel. Like that's like over-educating the market. And same with saunas, you know, you don't want to just like dangle no. You know, you, like it's it's so shit because it's not respecting the IQ um, of the of the, the community, mm. right? And it leads to a shallow business, and that is really hard. It's hard to own a business that's shallow at the same time. And so I don't feel like that's that's where I'm coming from. So when people hear me say like, "Don't fall for things," I've had to learn it because I mm. fall for things so hard because I'm. You know, I'm I'm I, I'm like inherently a seeker, and now I just need to I just needed to direct my seeking energy somewhere that was like really functional for me to continue to be like, you know, feel, you know, nice and balanced within myself. I'm working on it, but I'm definitely like, you know, I I compared to like five years ago, I'm feeling like really solid. And these are some of the processes I've been going through. Yeah. So I thought I'd share those. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's it's really important to to see that distinction there as well and how how that develops. And it's coming back to the village thinking, you know, that, 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 Back then, you know, things were stable. So um, yeah, well, you're talking about like back when this is before we had Materia Medicas or um, you know books about all the herbs and marketing of the herbs. It and, was and just changing lifestyle as much, but everything was fairly stable. I think mm-hmm. that was a time where you could just go to someone and they had the answer. And mm. now we are more in a time where things change quickly and where where new things emerge that actually do do work. You know, but it's it's really about how to find it out and yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well, the interesting thing about going back into like the village life when you mm. just you know you go to the the local mm. um, herbalist 
or shaman or mm. you know wise man or whatever it was and you're like and they had the answer for you i mean that was like a much simpler time and a beautiful time you know you, you that was a, like a that was a time when you lived kind of in consortium with the land and so you didn't need books about herbalism you didn't need marketing and people mm. educating you about how to look after yourself through marketing and ads and all those kinds of things and podcasts necessarily it's like a lot of storytelling but at the same time that was then just a very, you know, although it's like deep and it's like, you know, 90% good. Nowadays, we've kind of taken a lot of that as that traditional wisdom is coming about, you know, we're filtering that through like modern research. We're filtering it through other ancient systems and letting that amalgamation come to something which is maybe a little bit more effective because, you know, mm. possibly that one person running the whole herbal, um, you know, the whole the whole herbal, um, you know, apothecary in the tribe and the village had their own particular scrutiny, you know, like they're, they're, or their own prejudices rather. Yeah you know, that, you know, you don't know comes through. And now we've got more of a community managing that, you know, it's a bit of a shit fight at the moment, but I think we're going to in integratively come, we're coming further towards somewhere where the health scene will start to organize in an organic system, somewhat like a more natural, uh, like Western medicine organization, because that's one thing that's scary about going down the natural route is no one's really unified. Everyone just wants to do their modality and their thing. And, and that's why it's scary because in Western medicine, it's like, okay, great. We send you this specialist. Oh yeah. And this specialist, you know, maybe you can work with that branch of medicine and that branch of medicine. And so there, there's kind of like, it's a little bit more, it's where it's like that, that organization has kind of got the natural scene pegged a little bit. And, yeah, it's one thing you go towards yoga and Taoism and they're kind of complete systems, but you almost want a complete system that's adapted to this day and age where there's obviously going to be other areas yeah. that we want to... You know, I mean, a lot of people are doing it, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but it's. I think that's one of the, the reasons why people... Um, you, it, it, the health scene doesn't have that reputation yet. Like, if you're really sick, you don't want to just have to, like, hedge your bets on the, this crazy person who is like, you know, screw the health scene, just come to me, we've got everything you needed, don't trust them. That's like... Sometimes it works, don't get me wrong. That's why yeah. the health scene's so much fun because all of a sudden, you, you know, sometimes you see yeah. people like flying in the face of their um, their death, to, uh, you know, prognosis, you know, and healing themselves. Mm. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm now think on like a wider, like a wider level and be nice. It's, it, it, I see us coming towards more integration and we don't have to position health the health scene and healing in opposition to modern medicine it's got its own identity less charge you're going to move we're going to move faster that way we can calmly and, and in an educated and experienced way talk about the shortcomings of the of western mm. medicine without vilifying it despite the fact that we know there are areas where you possibly could and and as, as especially in the same way that you can look at the health scene and you can definitely vilify people in the health scene as well so just we take away that charge and just come towards more integration yeah yeah, and it is really the age where, where it's possible because information fly fast enough. It is. Yeah, and, and, and then I think on top of that, we have a lot of support by, you know, computers actually organizing it now in a way, and we are just have systems where we can just organize our information in a way that we can see coherence and like this actually works. This always works with the Western lives, even with with the Western lifestyle, and we see this is definitely in a in a lab environment. This would work, but actually lifestyle wise, you know, it will never actually hit really where you want to get therefore you know this is not not sustainable yeah i mean that's one of the best things about the health world why it's mm. confusing as well is because it, it it does it does look at the um the fact that you're going to have to 
go out of the healing, out of that world of healing, uh, and you're going to have to enter back into your everyday life mm. with your with your everyday emotions and with mm. your everyday thoughts. Whereas, you know, after chemo, if you just survive for three years after chemo, they, that's a successful remission, mm. even if you die like in the fourth year. I think that's still correct. Oh, like, yeah, know, but like, right. Yeah, you know that that's very that's very different, and that's why everyone's like so up in arms and rightfully so and angry at the health scene as well as all the deaths that come about from drugs and surgery with no responsibility because that's a albeit kind of effective for keeping us living a long time and you know dealing with emergencies thanks to you know that medical system emerging through the wars you know mm. it's really you know it's it, it's it's got a it's got a beautiful i believe a beautiful essence anyway mm. it's taken me a lot of time to get to that um to that place but it's like a delinquent it won't integrate it has got a chip on its shoulder and it thinks it's superior and it's gone crazy egoically mm. in, in so many pockets and it needs to cool its jets and needs to realize that there are many other valid you know valid areas that we can go forth and i just i'm so over and this is this is where like this culty drinking the kool-aid low-hanging fruit you know this is like everyone who's like super in like drunk the kool-aid of the medical world they're like of course they're low-hanging fruit you yeah. can't you can't look beyond your shutters and think that you know you just roll your eyes at anything else that anyone else does to take responsibility for their health and you can't you know you don't have the decency even though you're in a place of helping people heal to consider all areas mm. and even though some things are you know might be very outlandish and mm. very stupid go and look for the essence because humans aren't just stupid and outlandish you know there's there, there's there's got to be a genuine concern and a reason for you as a health practitioner to go and consider this desire people have to get back into unison with nature and the way that the chi is moving through their organs and restoring their organ function. And if they, there's so many doctors that are doing it now, which is amazing. You can see it, but you know that system as a whole needs to just like pull its finger out and mm. um, get over itself, really. Yeah, and and I think you know, in an essence, I would think that most medical practitioners and, and doctors and so on have the good of the patient in their mind they really want to help they're the type of people that just really want to help and they they are bound a little bit to their code and and what's allowed in the in the law of course but then they are also they have seen this working or they understand the theory of it so it should work therefore they would fall more for that or not for but you know go more for you know the conventional sort of science approved thing mm -hmm. rather than like well, what's the essence of this? And have I really seen this working? But what I found is absolutely thrilling is that more and more people go in the sign and into you know the, the absolute medical normal standard the standard way, figure that out, and that's a good thing. They really learn how the the body is perceived from a scientific point of view, mm. and then they say, all right, you know, and what next? And then they say, oh, you know, the alternative medicines and especially the the, the long standing ones like the Ayurvedic practice or the Chinese traditional medicine and so on. And you go into that there's also a lot of value and then they marry that slowly and carefully and i believe this brings new findings and and eventually exactly like how, how you um sort of pointed to it, like at one stage that will really create an organic system mm. that has a lot of strength and, and a lot of flexibility to where we're at now and you know probably adapts to the changes that humanity will see because our life will definitely change in the last 50 years in so many different ways. And for a system to keep up with that, it has to be flexible and, and quite organic. It does. I have one more question for you before I let you go. I hope you will come back. Mm. Um, uh, and that's, you know, when, when we talk about uh, drinking the Kool-Aid and so on, something that I see and I'm excited by and, and um, 
I can also see the, the saunas being pulled into that realm of, of biohacking, you know, and it, it, it's an umbrella term for many different things. And some people see it as really, really, really uh, being a cyborg and, you know, using a lot of te technology to, to really figure out what's going on. And, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, on the other hand, you know, just finding what really works. Um, what, what's your take on biohacking and, and what's going on in that scene? Like, it's probably also a split split between you know it's just the shiny objects there and then yeah. other people's like well actually you know no, we're just looking for the good things well something you know straight away i if some people would look at my life i guess some people would associate me with being a biohacker in some areas mm. as well because it's quite simply utilizing some technologies or testings and screenings of the body to optimize training regimes or supplement regimes to make them very relevant and while as i said using technologies to hopefully deter a little bit from the the pathogenic nature of our um, electromagnetic civilization you know or and you know and our they just like you know just how whether it's emf and wi-fi and all, all these all these kinds of things and on the other side trying to figure out what makes the body tick and then optimizing that you know through like you know whether it's like through infrared or red light or you know whatever it is so in that sense when you just talk about it what i'm trying to do more and more is just like all right what are we talking about when we're doing biohacking this and just just get a bunch of things that do take away the, any of the ambiguity if it's like a scene that might be right or wrong or mm -hmm. you know or, there's just a collective of people doing things there's collectives of people doing things everywhere you know mm -hmm. and so i don't see it any difference a collective of people who are playing soccer there's just like a part of, <laughs> you know they're going and kicking a ball around and they're competitive in nature and so just to be able to walk through that scene Cool. I get what you people are doing. I don't have to identify in any way. I kind of, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I see people jumping on board, you know, calling themselves biohackers. I'm just like, oh god, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to call yourself that. Some people have done really well in using it as a brand image, and you know, power to them. You know, they, they've, it's a, it's a way for the for the people who are emerging into the community to get a quick brief understanding of what mm, that what mm. that person's focusing on that's that's relevant mm -hmm. that's like me saying i'm a tonic herbalist you know that's yeah i don't really know what that means but you know but you know even it's like oh well, is that me is it a qualification no not necessarily is it experience yeah like a lot of experience you know there's, you know there's i bet it's useful that biohacking scene of course i like i haven't been in it for so long but of course you see people trying to get to a state of perfection and that's where a lot of people have adrenal burnout coming out of the um, biohacking scene um, and their liver having a little bit of um, um, lethargy because they take so many supplements especially coming out of that you know um, okay. uh, out of, out of some of them um, some of the, the micro communities there where it's heavily revolving around that then there's biohacking aspects that are just about getting you know into nature and you know hacking but i don't understand the hacking of biology thing that that's just like that doesn't i don't i don't really get why we would want to do that and i think it's like a, a coding term to begin with when you're when you're hacking is just to go in and then you see how and you observe how how the system and the or the operate the how the program is running that's it and then taking advantage of that so and then the, taking yeah, and so, learning so, from it and taking advantage of it yeah, yeah. so you know like not knowing the in infrared sauna world quite well um one one thing that it would be a biohack is going into a sauna and really um stopping the temperature sensor from figuring really out how hot it is and just making it as hot as possible yeah. because that creates a lot of heat shock protein in your body and more than it would just in a normal sauna session so so basically they figured out that heat shock proteins are really really good for us you know and that's a, that's a scientific thing and you know what that all does yeah. and then they say okay well we know what's around but because no one is 
creating something get like like a device or a particular protocol how to really make the most out of it mm. we just buy normal infrared saunas which which created anyway but you know not to the same degree and just really vamp it up because we understand the system and we hack it and and it, it is a little bit like well it's definitely this whole shiny thing again great you know i find a solution here that no one knows knows about but there is also just the aspect of like great you know people don't wait for other people to necessarily sign this all off but they understand the science themselves because the hacker often understood the program so much better than even the coders you know so that's mm -hmm. why they can hack it because they actually well you know i i i'm more conscious that, than you about this program and i just do this so i don't know there's a positive twist to it but there's definitely also just as much the danger of falling for all sorts of shiny objects. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You just fall for the shiny things. And I think it's just really great to just observe, like, you know, just bypass the whole, um, biohacker, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just bypass <laughs> that and just yeah. listen to the person and just sheen a little bit. Like, don't, don't think, you know, I know a lot of the people who are biohacking and, you know, I've watched, you know, like I follow a couple of them on Instagram and, you know, I've listened to a couple of their podcasts and, you know, of course, some of them are just like absolute legends. Some mm. of them are absolute charlatans, but mm. like some of them are just like, Oh, they're just on, man. You know, they're just, and they're really fun to listen to and they're extremists and it's wonderful to like watch an extremist and not have to over-identify with feeling you're missing out by not being so extreme yourself. And just like almost, <laughs> like, that's all. When you have like influential people that you watch and you listen, you get advice from, just use it as entertainment that you sheen little ideas from mm -hmm. because you don't have that pressure to like emulate. Because once the emulation comes through, you can feel the desire for emulation, you're low hanging fruit. Mm. You think that person's got something and I want it. I think there's a little bit of something healthy in that. But when it's like, I'm going to get it through replicating what I can see them doing and recommending you can go oh man maybe I, should, I need to maybe I need to like stand firm in my sovereignty a little bit mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense Mason to wrap this up we have three questions that we ask everyone who comes on the show and uh, starting with the first one it's like the three things that get you out of the bed every morning mm. what would they be um, a toddler <laughs> um, I'm getting excited um like I'm, I'm just excited about my relationship right now, and just getting up to see what can, what else can happen today. It's mm. cliche and soppy as that as that seems. Mm. Um, and what's also getting me up at the moment is this: I'm such a busy person. You know me; I'm always busy and trying something new, and all these new things are happening. But I'm really enjoying just like digging into a little bit of monotony and consistency. And so I'm mm. enjoying getting up with no motivation or reasoning mm. behind me, and just getting up. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, what would you say is the favorite things to do for you at the moment? Favorite things to do at the moment. Um, I'm just kind of getting a little bit back into my, you know, to my movement practice with my friend, you know, Benny Ferguson. Mm. Um, and I, I, I feel I'm, I've arrived and I've had to take a little bit of a break because I've had like some realistic expectations on why I was moving and, you know, just like caught up in a little bit of egoic pursuit, just a little bit, you know, yeah. and just like, and now I just feel no pressure on myself from awesome. just moving for exploration. That's mm. really fun. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with my family. You're probably more more so than 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 I. Well, you know, it, it just grows. It's different, you know, at every stage. And so I'm having like genuinely, you know, just like every every day, nice deeper, you know, relationship with like with my girls and having a lot of fun there. And awesome. create, you know, and it's just like creating a home with them and yeah. creating a you know a home base and you know and um and I'm also just taking a good 
you know, just to break. And my favorite thing is just to like try and be in spaces of spaciousness within myself, just to let these, mm. you know, just let like there's things moving and transforming in me at the moment. Sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not, and it's mm. on right now. And so I'm just really trusting that if I just give myself spacious of the mind, you know, and some times when I can just float, which can be hard. And sometimes it's just when I'm driving, I'm just like, mm-hmm. just to let emerge, let the new thought forms emerge, you know, and the new um, incentives for, for, for living and growing to emerge, you know? Awesome. Cool. Last question would be, why do you think we are here? Like, why do you think we do this 3D thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I reckon I would have just been so sure about my answer a couple of years ago. Mm. And I'm really unsure. Part of me doesn't care. Yeah. That's And that's like, I think that's kind of where I'm at mm-hmm. right now. I'm just here. I've spent so many existential years flying off and trying to feel other dimensions and realities and, you know, and, and justifying the existence of me here within the 3D. And now I just don't, I, I care, of course, inherently, but just to put it crassly, I really don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I, just to be kind of like, just to be here right now for me, I will probably change in like a week, but that's for me right now. Mm-hmm. Just, just to kind of be, just to be here just to keep on going and just navigating lights off or inside, but there's a map there you can feel your way out. You know, I'm just feeling through internally and relating externally and just, you know, and just moving forward and hopefully, you know, in my own subjective way, helping people have a bit of an easier time of it themselves as well without taking on, you know, something too much or projecting anything mm. upon them. I, I get that. Mm. Awesome. Thanks. Mason, if, if people want to find out more about where, um, what you're up to and, and on what you do and of course about Superfeast and the amazing products that they have what would be the best place to go yeah so I mean for Superfeast that's, we didn't talk about it too much but that's what we mm. do Taoist tonic herbs medicinal mushrooms and blends for you know just people wanting to you know get bring some more strength and essence to their body bring mm. some like more lightness and flow of chi and you know and tone their shin and their mind with you know through through tonic herbalism um, superfeast.com.au it's a good place to go superfeast podcast on, on iTunes cool. works as well cool. and then just to if any more of my ramblings and things you can just like Instagram's good Mason J Taylor um, on Instagram or you can go back and listen to the old podcast that I had the Mason Taylor show um, and we've got a podcast on there together that's right. talking about, talking about, about saunas yeah, yeah so I mean that's like yeah that's a place where you might get like a bit of a different view on where I was at a couple yeah. of years ago as well and be able to compare to where I'm at yeah, now great Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. I hope I see you again here. I think you will. Awesome. Go well. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Sauna Show. My name is Sebastian Mirau, and this episode was sponsored by Clearlight Jacuzzi Saunas, the world's leading provider of superior quality, full-spectrum infrared saunas. You can find more information and resources for this podcast at thesaunashow.com, all one word, or on Instagram at thesaunashow. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with friends. Until next time, have the best day ever.